Welcome to the Thriving Women in STEM podcast. We're your hosts, Dr. Ursula Lang and Dr. Brianne Daniels. Our mission is to support, nurture, and re-inspire STEM professional women to reclaim their lives and flourish. And the way we do this is through community building, shared experiences, and coaching tools. Let's do this. Hi, STEM Doctors community. This is our very first podcast in our very new Thriving Women in STEM podcast. And I'm Dr. Ursula Lang. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Brianne Daniels, and we're just so excited to be here. We are thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for the kind introduction, Ursula. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to share a little background. Exactly. So how we know each other, why we're doing this podcast. Uh, So we're both pathologists and we're both dermatopathologists at that. So we both specialize in skin pathology. We both are scientists as well. So we know that side of things in addition to the clinical side. And we kind of find ourselves surrounded by others in STEM professions and through everything, uh, finding, finding coaching tools, mindset tools, all the things that have helped us tremendously in our own lives. We found that, uh, a calling, both of us found a calling towards helping other women in STEM fields. So that is our mission here. And we're just here to serve and to share with you how everything in our life has been impacted by, by coaching principles. Anything to add, Brie? That was that was a phenomenal uh, summary of, uh, of our background, but but I can just add that you know we've been friends since residency, but it really honestly feels like I've been your friend since you know I don't know birth or toddlerhood or something. I feel like I've known you forever, and so you know that kind of um, you know friendship and depth of bond is really cool that we kind of are bringing here to the, to the podcast and also to, uh, to this community. And so we want to invite you all to join kind of our family of friends. I love that. Join our family, our circle, our inner circle of just amazing professionals, STEM women, all of you contribute so much to science and we want for all of your lives. In addition to your professional, your personal also to thrive and for it to all be in balance. Um, So for sure, join us in our, inner circle and of our friendship and love that we bring to you. So to move on to this week's podcast, the very first one we decided to get into, and really the topic of this entire month of December is going to be diving into abundance versus scarcity mindset. And thinking about this actually with respect to December, I don't know if all of you, you know, celebrate the holidays, um, in the same way with giving gifts and all those things, but for sure my family does. I think Brianne's as well. We both are kind of thinking about end of the year goals as well as like giving to others from an abundance versus like a scarcity mindset and of our time, of ourselves, our love, you know, and presents and gifts and all the things that our kids are asking for day in and day out, right? <laughs> um, right. <laughs> how do we teach that abundant mindset to our kids and also live that life? Um, that we preach essentially. Right. Right. So the first topic we're going to get into this first week is time. And how does time relate to an abundant mindset versus a scarcity mindset? And, um, I just want to pose first to you, Brie, how 
um, how do you think of time? What do you, what is your concept of time just for the audience for us to all get on the same page? (laughs) That's a fantastic question. (laughs) And since we're speaking to a community of, of women who are in STEM fields, um, perhaps some who are like theoretical physicists or something, we're not necessarily getting into that question about time in a a mathematical sense, but more of a sort of a broad concept of of time um, as it applies to sort of our everyday lives. And so at least the what the concept that I sort of use, at least in terms of of mindset around scarcity or abundance, is that it's it's a it's a valuable commodity, right? That we we kind of crave and we search for. And a lot of us, right, we're constantly kind of feeling like, oh, there's not enough of it right? There's, there's never enough time in the day or in the hour or in the minute or whatever it is that we're thinking about in that moment. Um, so it's, it's a very, maybe the concept I'm trying to say is it's a, it's a precious entity that we all value, right? It's valuable to us. And yeah. there, you know, you can break it down into hours in the day. There's 24 hours in a day. You can go with it in that concept as well. Um, yeah. No, and I think you're bringing in some of your time beliefs too, which I think is what we're going to get into as well, offering you all some healthy beliefs that you can have around time and you can practice thinking about time, which is as Brie, as, um, Brie mentioned just now, sorry, I keep saying Brie, but I think everyone knows you as Brianne. <laughs> Well, I have to, it's partially my fault. Sometimes I introduce myself as Brie and sometimes I introduce myself as Brianne. Both are good and um, I I don't mind (laughs) either way. Perfect. All right. So everyone out there listening is now on the same page. When I refer to you as Brie, it's it's Brianne and it's all perfect. Um, So I wanted to just uh, like acknowledge that some of the things you're saying are actually time beliefs and that time is precious. It's one of the things we can't make more of. Right. And I think, um, when I think about what time is, I mean, it's ultimately something we've made up as in a society, right? As a society, we've decided there's 24 hours in the day, there's a certain number of days in the month, and we have a fiscal year that's a year. And all these things are all just concepts that we've all as a society agreed upon, right? We've decided daylight savings is a thing, right? (laughs) For better exactly. or for worse, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, just acknowledging first of all that we all get the same amount, and as a society, we've decided this is how we're going to call it, and uh, it's just a very neutral in that sense. So, what is time? It's just a, it's it's a um, it's a construct. It's a it's a thought construct that a society we've agreed upon. Um, so, and again, we bring in all our story around time. Like we never think about time as neutral, right? When it's, it is what it is. Um, Instead, what we do is we bring around, we bring up all of this um, scarcity essentially, right? Around not having enough time, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like there's never enough time to get things done or something takes too much time or somebody's sucking up my time, you know, like all these thoughts we have, it's fascinating, right? Um, So when I think about time management, especially when I'm coaching others on time, my first step really, and I would pose this to all of you would be to really pay attention from a very scientific data gathering perspective of how do you spend your time? Um, So Bray, how have you kind of approached this in your own life? Yeah. So, so I think before kind of working on time management as a sort of active uh, pursuit, you know, I think a lot of times my time was sort of going from one thing to the next, kind of putting out fires, so to speak, um, you know, just, just living and, you know, going from one thing to the next. 
Um, but now uh, I think it's really nice that you pointed that out sort of in a, in a data driven um, manner. I actually keep a calendar um, and I follow it pretty rigorously and kind of follow a practice of um, intentionally before the week starts. And it could be, you know, any day you pick really, but I do it usually on Sunday or Monday, depending on the week, um, planning out where my time needs to go. And so um so that's a, a super useful practice. I think we we talk about it in more detail in some of the additional materials we provide. But um, yeah, so I basically start with a list, a giant list of all the things <laughs> that I have to do. And um, you could start with it just all jumbled together if that's how you want to do it. But I like to break it into different kind of areas of life, which is, you know, like work things um, or you know, you could say personal life things. Um, and those can even be subcategorized as well. Maybe you have multiple different jobs, or maybe you have multiple different areas of your personal life that you spend time in. Um, so I think I separate mine into like things that are related to my daughter and then things are that, that are related to me or to finances. Um, so it kind of depends how you want to do it and there's no right or wrong way, but subcategorizing kind of the whole list of things I have to do and to make sure to include um, like self-care time, that has been a really interesting, uh, useful uh, practice to, to bring into um, to make sure that I keep that category on my list. <laughs> and then when I go to 100%. put it in my calendar, that's actually the first thing I start with. And that has been- I think that's a really good changing. point, actually. Yeah. Like um, when we think about our calendar, I've seen this uh, several times come up when talking to others about their their time uh, scarcity thoughts is that they don't necessarily have a great relationship with their calendar. They think of their calendar as being, you know, associated with work, associated with stress, associated with all these scarcity mindset, or even things that they're not choosing, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking of their calendar as being in charge versus we are in charge of the calendar, right? And it can actually very much be something you work with and not something that happens to you. So I think, you know, you acknowledging you want to put self-care on your calendar, like that is actually a to-do list item because we want to intentionally bring it forward. I think that's one way that I've seen people reduce their stress around their day is just acknowledging like, actually, if I break this down into a math equation and like each hour gets what they, what we decide to get ahead of time, we can come up with a way to include ourselves in our day, which is so, so helpful. Yeah. So I think the next thing we wanted to talk about here is also time beliefs. And I think Brianne, you already got into that a little bit. Um, how have you seen your time beliefs shift, you know, actually over time, <laughs> over, time. <laughs> shift over time with some of the, um, these mind management tools that we, we teach? Yeah, I thought, I think that's, that's so great. Um, so, you know, if we go back to like that first question you asked me, right, I was sort of infusing my own time beliefs, right. Um, or that are, have been hardwired, right. I think, um, I now work actively to, um, to have sort of more, a more abundant mindset around time, but definitely one time belief that I have had for many years. And I probably still do because it just comes back in occasionally, right. Um, is that there's not enough time. Um, or that, you know, that 
that I never have enough time or someone else doesn't ever have enough time. You know, there's a lot of really what it comes down to is that scarcity mindset around time. Um, you know, one, one time belief that I've tried to introduce and start using more is that, um, like my time for self-care is valuable and it's equally as valuable, if not more valuable than some of the other things that I have on my calendar. And that was something that, you know, I think in principle wasn't that foreign to me when I started this work, but I realized that it actually was one of those things that um, I kind of had a hidden unconscious belief that self-care time was less valuable or not as important. Um, You totally hit on something. Yeah. Like that it's indulgent, yeah. that it's something that is a luxury thing that when I, you know, if there's extra time in the day, I might squeeze something in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, honestly, I think some of us as a society have kind of used it as a badge of honor to show we're such hard workers, right? We do mm-hmm. all the things for our kids, all the things for everyone. Look how amazing I am and I'm still standing, right? I haven't peeled over quite yet, but no, that's, I think that's a really good point that like making time for yourself is equally as important, if not a show of strength that you can do that in order to be fully present with your family for your work. And, you know, the only person who's ever checking in with you truly is, is you, right? No one's going to do that job. (laughs) Right. So true. Yeah. 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 So it's our, I guess, moral responsibility, I would say, to to do that and to prioritize that because we, unfortunately, for whatever reason, it just isn't as valued in society. And I think it's changing, but for one to be proud of having, you know, spent time on yourself, I think that's something that I want to teach my kids and that I want to change that, that um, you know, that standard that we kind of have been taught up to this point, especially in these academic fields and these rigorous fields that we're all in. So good. Glad you pointed that out too. Right. But you know, we're, we're, we've all gone through a lot of training kind of to get to the, to the end professional stage of, of a STEM career. Right. And, and we've kind of had it taught throughout the training period, you know, that um, your time for yourself is like not important. Um, not as important as getting the data and getting the paper and getting the publishing and the grant or the whatever, whatever the work things are. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, it's a huge um, mindset shift, I guess, or it, yeah. it was for me, I should say personally. Yeah. <laughs> and you bring up actually another good point that I think some of us have also been taught that it's either or right. That you can't mm-hmm. publish the paper and do amazing work and also take care of yourself and take an hour for rest and take an hour for your, you know, your own mental health and, or your, whatever other endeavors you, you have interest in doing. Um, it's been kind of, you either are all in on the lab or all in, in your career or you're, or you're kind of lazy and just self-indulgent, right? So I think that kind of that kind of mentality and that mindset is just so toxic in our society right now. And I think some of the things that we teach in particular are to look at this as like kind of a fun math equation of how to fit our hours together in our day where we actually do accomplish all the things we want to do at work and also prioritize ourselves and also not feel like we're running around in circles in our mind, trying to keep up with all the things that we want to do, right? It's about taking it as a um, a new habit, I would say, to really think about time in a different way. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 
Okay. So I think we kind of already touched on a lot of things we wanted to bring forward. The last being uh, intentional with our time. And I think we've kind of already woven in how some of the ways we do that. Um, Brian, you shared that you do this on right. Sunday night, or how does that look for you? It actually, so for me, it's, it varies by the week, depending on what my Monday looks like. <laughs> so I know that, you know, for some people it's going to be very regular and the same every time so that it makes sense to say Sunday evening or, or whatever time, you know, at the beginning, the beginning of your week, whatever the beginning of your week is to do it. Maybe your week starts on Wednesday and that that's okay too. Um, so, but basically I, I block off um, like an hour to look through my my generated list of things that that are both recurring and then I add things that are are new for that week um, into kind of my my data you know set <laughs> and then um, I use I use a Google Calendar but I know a lot of other people use various other types of calendaring systems. There's again no right or wrong, but having a system is very helpful. And so for me, when I can slot into my Google Calendar. Um, each item. One of the challenges I have found, and I still find it challenging, is to estimate kind of appropriately how much time different things will take. Um, and I think I'm still, I'm still, you know, learning in that process of, you know, getting, getting those estimates. Yeah, and I think we're going to have another episode dedicated completely on, you know, just estimating how much time it takes, something takes. I think right. that is in and of itself a skill that can be, you know, tailored over time. And it's definitely worth its own podcast. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So then, you know, basically take some time to slot in the rest of the week and that includes like everything. So that's from waking up to getting ready, getting my daughter ready, taking her to school, you know, coming back home or going to work, depending on which day it is and where I'm, where I'm set up that day, um, you know, work, items or meetings as they go on through the day. And then, um, you know, dinner, cleanup time from dinner, <laughs> getting her to sleep, you know, um, it's, it's everything. And I even put my sleep in, um, you know, yeah. bedtime. So I think the, the lesson here though, that I think we both, Brianna and I both do is, is that once we've decided ahead of time, what that day is going to look like, we are in a way, um, our own assistant. I mean, if you have your own assistant, that's more power to you. But in some in some respects, we act as our own best assistant by putting on our day what we would like to see, right? Mm -hmm. What we decide ahead of time is would be perfect for us. And I think that intention, being intentional in that way allows a lot of our mind chatter to settle and for us to experience the day from a clean and calm perspective. Yeah. If that's, if me call me calling your day as a busy mom and STEM professional clean and calm, <laughs> if that seems too far of a reach, I totally get it. It, it doesn't happen overnight. And, um, but I think having the belief that time can feel abundant is one that I've also worked on myself. Like there is enough time instead of turning, there's never enough time in the day. And that feels awful when I think that my practice is really looking at my calendar, seeing some blank spaces, some white spaces that I haven't actually put anything there. And I know that's just time where I can lay on the couch and not feel like guilty about it, not feel like I need to be anywhere else. Like a hundred percent, I can just 
lounge and not do anything. I don't know if anyone, um, and I do want to wrap this first podcast up, but <laughs> I think some of you might, um, might be um, thinking to yourself, I don't want to plan every every minute of my day. That sounds like too micromanaging. I feel like I'll I'll be too constrained. I'll I won't have that flexibility. But when you think about the times when you are laying on the couch, relaxing, um, is your mind truly relaxing or is your mind spinning and all the things you should be doing? So you never truly get that sense of calm, peace, and relaxation if you haven't thought ahead of time all the things that I tell myself I have to do, like those are taken care of. Like that's how I think of my calendar. It has my own, it has my back because it knows that all the things I want to do will get done and it's accounted for. And when I do lay down and I relax and I do spontaneous things during my my free time on my calendar, I'm truly free. Like my mind is truly free to be in the present, not jumping around, not worried about you know, this experiment or that paper or that patient or what's coming on for dinner or the kids, any of that stuff is just, it's just accounted for it's handled. So I think that ultimately is where I have gotten to with my calendar. Um, and again, it's never perfect. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's a process and it's having a lot of compassion with yourself to go through your day and know that you're in charge. The calendar isn't in charge. You're in charge <laughs> and um, taking back some of that power and control of your time. Right. Like you're and in charge, like, but it has yeah. your back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, ladies, I want to end on that high point, high note. And uh, I think this first podcast is kind of perfect in that the, the free workshop that we offer you um, in the show notes, you can go ahead and go there. Um, that will be something you can continuously go back to for support. And of course, we are here for support. So reach out. And with that, I will end it. Bree, do you have any last words? Awesome. Well, this was just so great to spend a few minutes with you all. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon or hearing you soon. <laughs> Till soon. <Yay. laughs> Till next time. Bye, ladies. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to apply some of these principles to your own life, we are here to help. Get started by following the link in the show notes to download our step-by-step -step video guided workshop to reclaim your time.